Let's go. No technical difficulties. This is not real. This isn't real. This is not real. First try? No. You know what? No let's way. X out. Let's X out and do it again. Just, just. <laughs> you know what? Change your sound settings. Let's try to figure this thing out. Yep. There's no <laughs> way that there are no issues. I refuse to believe it. Beautiful. Beautiful stuff. So I think we just gotta keep the good luck rolling. Welcome to Sunshine State Takes, everybody. We are back two weeks in a row. Hard to believe. Hard to believe after the, the very long hiatus we took that we are back on consecutive weeks. And it's also worth noting that there were no technical difficulties today. None so at all. let give ourselves a little round of applause there. Not super loud because of the mics and it might hurt our ears, but very awesome stuff for us. Pat on the back, too. Round of applause, pat on the back, the whole package. So, uh, you know, we just decided... We usually do a little small talk before we start, but we said, let, you know, let's keep the good technicality of the show going. And we just got right into it as there's a loud bang from a door in the background. And we're in the full swing of it here at Sunshine State Takes. Um, Absolutely. How are you doing, Brandon? How's it going on this Thursday? I know you got a trip to Jack's plan this weekend. So, yes, sir. Uh, you know, you can elaborate. You don't have to also, yes, don't, sir. you know, so uh, yours. yeah, for sure. Uh, first of all, so happy to be back for a second week in a row. Like I, like Matt said, we haven't really been podcasting through since what September. Yeah, it's it's been a while. So to be able to go back to back means we're kind of back. Okay, don't don't hold us to don't, our word. Don't call it a comeback. But we're we're trying to get this thing together. So definitely stay tuned. Um, Brandon, I, yeah. can, I, I can recall a time that you once quoted. Uh, the great University of Texas quarterback Sam Ellinger on the show I when did. we returned from a long hiatus. Something along the lines of, we're back. And just like Sam Ellinger uh, and the Texas Longhorns, we were not actually back. But but now we are. But now we are. Now we are. We're going to continue saying we're back just like we're actually Texas until we are. So yep. just take that into account. Um. But yeah, like you know, you said, have a trip to Jack's plan this weekend, which is kind of nice. Uh, it's been a killer of a week, dude. Like, yeah, I have had so much to do, and I don't know if you can see this. Well, you can't because nope, my screen blurred. is blurred. It's blurred. Both of our backgrounds are blurred. It's but yes. Anyways, um, I have a lengthy to do list from this week, um, and we have been. We've been struggling. Okay. Does I've any gotten... of that does any of that include work from your new position with yes, Sports Illustrated yes, it Buccaneers? Actually, it actually Congratulations, does. by the way. Thank you, sir. Thank you, yeah. sir. Um, yes, it actually does. My uh, first free agency profile for um, Sports Illustrated Buccaneers, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just went up. It's of Leonard Fournette, and as one of my good friends, Michael Hole, um, who I've you know grown close to closer to, I should say, uh, in the J School at Florida. Um, said that sometimes to move forward, you have to look back. And right. Leonard Fournette, me being a Jags fan, was a fitting way to right. kind of take that career advancement because I followed him since he's been drafted. 
he's someone that Absolutely. obviously going to the Jaguars, I've been able to keep up with. So that was a really cool thing to be able to write about him and his impending free agency, which is likely going to result in a $6.2 million contract, according to spot track. So good okay. for him. Good for him. Um, yeah, I think after this year, he definitely deserves a payday. He, uh, he, he carried a lot of the load, especially when guys like Godwin went, went down late in the season and in the playoffs and in that game against the Rams, I thought Brady really relied on him. So uh, bounce back year, uh, really dating back to the last postseason. I feel like a switch flipped and absolutely he's been on a tear since then. So he, he does deserve a payday. I don't know where it'll be. Uh, I guess I'll have to read your article to get an idea, yeah. but Hey, uh, go check it out. Yeah. And then um, we'll have a free agency show coming up. I'm sure. So yep. hundred percent for sure. But yeah, so buck site, very new. Awesome though. Um, but my main focus this week has been on schoolwork. I have a, um, my to-do list contains 26 items that I've had to do this week. I finished 20 of them. Um, it has resulted in very little sleep. Went to bed at three last night, got up for class this morning at eight 30. And so we've just kind of been, you know, trucking along, not crazy, crazy little right. sleep, but not enough to where I feel that I am a hundred percent. So, uh, it's been multiple nights of four or five hours sleep, um, yeah a sleep schedule everything is just messed up luckily everything's starting to come to a close with the busyness of my schedule so uh and it just so happens that sunshine state takes is the kind of um hill that i have to get over um not have to i get to get over i i am right. i am happy to be it's here fun. so I mean, i've, got, I've already gotten over the hill the fact that i am doing this podcast right now means that i am over the hill so that is a yeah. wonderful thing so yeah, yeah busy week but like you said, uh, cool career advancement with Sports Illustrated Buccaneers. Awesome. Thankful to Zach Goodall for the opportunity. It's limited time only. I won't be there for um, too, too long, but I'm excited to be able to kind of expand oh, my horizon. So Something to cherish and uh, take full advantage of every minute of it. Absolutely. So definitely. as we start off every episode, we didn't start off this last episode, our uh, Super Bowl preview. And if you didn't check that out, Try to go do that because we're going to talk a bit about our, uh, you know, our predictions and stuff today, as well as um, how the Super Bowl played out. So, kind of go see what how Matt and I picked, you know, everything. We yeah. thought it was a pretty good episode, and it wasn't just kind of it. It, it can expand beyond when the Super Bowl took place um, because of some of the takes that we gave. But we didn't start with it last time because we just wanted to dive right in, get back to the swing of things, but. Every really every other episode in Sunshine State Takes history has started with the infamous dramatic effect. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Drum roll, please. Segment of what's on your mind. Got a couple things on my mind. I hope that's okay. The two for one, what's on your mind, because we haven't done it in a while. Um, first off, shout out to the USA men's curling team. Uh, hard-fought match in the semifinal today that unfortunately didn't go our way. Uh, so the gold medal defense has officially come to an end, but I thought they left it all out there. Uh, I, I really am big on the men's curling team, uh, really ever since like 2016 or 2017 when they did qualifiers in Jacksonville and I got to see them play. I, 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 I like to follow them during the Olympics. And uh, curling is a pretty unique sport to watch. It's fun and uh, it, it gets the juices flowing in a different kind of way from your typical sport, you know, just because of the unpredictability and the suspense of it. 
Um, but they just couldn't get it done against Great Britain. It was a hard-fought match, back-and-forth scoring, and, uh, you know, they went with a pretty unique strategy late, and it didn't really pay off for them. So uh, they got four years to, to get ready for 2026. So, um, but, but all love for Team Schuster and the yeah. United States men's curling team. Um, Absolutely. You still got that 2018 gold to, to flex, and they got a chance to win bronze, I think, tomorrow or tonight at 1.05 a.m. Oh wow! So oh wow! It'll it'll be up late, but I, I haven't decided yet if I'm gonna watch or not. Gotcha. One oh five a.m.s are tricky, but yeah, they've had games at eight p.m. and then this morning was actually it was actually at seven oh five. I woke up at seven to watch it. We watched it. That's awesome. Uh, so, but it, you know, it didn't go our way. Six four loss and uh, back at it in four years. Yeah. <laughs> then, um, one thing I will say is I one of my like, so I'm not a huge Olympics person in general, and and I don't know whether that's just me being. No, I'm honestly right there with you. Like curling's the only winter Olympic sport I've been yeah. watching this year. Like that's the only I like I kind of would just watch it for curling. I like curling yeah. and that's when it's on that's that's when I know it's on TV and I know I can watch it. So that's usually when I watch it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh but I will say, even though I'm not a huge Olympic fan, one of my kind of prime moments as you know, someone that has watched the Olympics was curling uh in eleventh uh, grade gym class. I remember oh, yeah. that they, you know, they'd set up TVs and stuff or, you know, project it onto the, yeah. onto the uh, projectors and in, in the Creekside gym and we'd be able to watch curling. And I was able to kind of see the invigorating uh, back and forth between, I think it was oh, like, awesome. I think it was like two countries that it wasn't like the USA wasn't even involved. It was oh, like okay. two random team, like countries, yeah. whatever. But when I say that it was getting rowdy. We, we were, we were getting after it. That oh, is yeah. at what, like nine 30 in the morning. Yeah. We were, we were, it's a, it's we a high. great time. It's a great time. And what, what I really love about it is, uh, especially now that there hasn't really been a lot of fan attendance at the Olympics. I mean, you got a few guys scattered, uh, you know, you get them mic'd up for the players. You hear all their conversations and how they strategize the shots and what they want to do. And it's, it's pretty funny in the case of our guys, because our, our captain, John Schuster, is from Duluth, Minnesota, and he's got that accent. So, you know, it's just funny to listen to. They're, they're all really good guys. I, you know, they're, they're all likable, and that's kind of the appeal of the team. And they're just easy to root for. And it's a shame that they couldn't get it done, because uh, there's a really good docuseries on uh, HBO Max that kind of details their training process and, you know, what they kind of like to do on their free time, a lot of ice fishing. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a group of guys that you just really don't want to see do anything other than win. And yeah. it's a shame they didn't get it done, but we still support yeah. and we're proud of them. Without a doubt, without a doubt. So, uh, and then my second, what's on your mind is quick. I actually texted you about it the other day yes. uh, regarding the safety in the NFL. Um, so let me pose a question here. How would we feel that if we were to change the way a safety is scored to instead of rewarding two points to the team who sacks the quarterback in end zone, the team whose quarterback gets sacked in the end zone gets two points subtracted from their score, thus making it possible to have a point total of negative two points. That would be that would be some interesting football. I'll It'd say be some that. interesting stuff. And the reason I think it could work is because at the end of the day, what difference does it really make? Whether a team's gaining two or losing two. I, I feel like it, it evens itself out. I, like it's not any less beneficial for one team to gain two points than it is for one team to lose two points. Yeah. 
in, in my, I, unless I'm missing something right under my nose, I'm pretty confident in that statement. And that's why I think it could work. And I think it would be a unique change. I think it would be, it would be unlike anything we've ever seen in sports. Yep. And it quite, it's quite frankly, an easy change. And I don't think anyone could, would complain about it. I think I think uh, a score of a football game zero to negative two would break the internet. I think the yeah, internet, imagine I think the, it, I think I the internet would be out of service for the next week. Score Gami yeah. would reach all time high interactions with its tweets, so it'd be yeah. great for business over there. Yeah, and I just don't see anyone who would hate it except maybe like the old heads. Yeah, and like, one thing when I was around, football was zero zero ties. <laughs> I will say, I I have a I highly doubt that teams would stay negative. It'd be very rare, just because yeah. of how high uh, powered offenses are in today's league. But that would be some electric football. Imagine not even scoring and winning the game, like not having also, one point on the board and winning because you got to. Could also technically win the game one nothing. Oh, true. Yeah. Wow. The possibilities that would come well, with. So that's the, all I'm saying. The whole one nothing argument. I think what um, has been proposed before, and so you know, we know how kind of kickoffs have been kind of washed, so that there aren't very many opportunities right. for it to be exciting. Um, it, this is a. I feel like a lot of people have this take, but line the kicker up at their own twenty-five yard line. Let them boot that thing, and if they get it through the uprights give them a point on the kickoff just give well, what them is, a point. what does canadian football do because i know there's a way to get one point on a kickoff in canadian football i forget i don't know off the top of my head yeah though. i'm not sure if it goes out of the back of the end zone maybe or it's something where it's yeah. not incredibly difficult to score it but it's i so that's one thing i don't want it to be super easy because right. i just don't i don't need points to just kind of come randomly like it is what it is like it's still i still want it to be difficult to score points difficult um, but I think kind of adding an incentive to just boot the ball out of the back of the end zone, boot the ball through the uprights right. instead of just kind of this, it, it, we're just going through the motions on kickoffs for most of the, like most of the time. It's yeah. basically, they're just trying to get the ball. They're just trying to get the game started. They don't, they, there's no, or, or it's not even the game started. They're just trying to give, give the offense a, you know, a start at the 25 yard line. And, it's so rare that we see kickoff returns and such now because balls are getting kicked yep. either out of the back of the end zone or eight, nine yards deep. And yeah, so touchback nine out exactly, of the time. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's just not really an exciting play anymore. I mean, you, you saw the XFL try to get a little creative with how they do it. And yeah. I thought they did a good job. There was not, there's not really a, a point reward system for it, but in terms of yeah. making it safer slash exciting, uh, I thought they came up with something pretty innovative, but yeah, in the NFL, it's, it's, it's kind of now just an overlooked part of the game. It's just like, okay, it's, we've made the changes to it for necessary reasons. And this is the product we have because of it. I think we all kind of understand why, but it's just not really exciting anymore. I agree. I agree. So. It is, it is what it is, but I think, uh, I think football would benefit from like a weird rule change. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, you know, person that wants to keep everything the same in me, like, oh no, I don't want to change more. Right. There's already been so much change in my lifetime for football. You know, you're not allowed to decapitate someone anymore without being penalized. What is this? What are we doing? Not, no, I mean that, not, that's why I'm not allowed mostly. to give someone 
significant that's why brain injuries anymore. A negative point safety. Because, okay, let's look at it like this. The scenario of the game, it's in overtime. It's tied 20 to 20. A team has the ball on their own one-yard line, and you yeah. get sacked in the end zone. Because we all know a safety in overtime ends the game automatically. Yeah. So instead of that team winning the game 22-20, they just win 2018. What yeah. if it actually makes no difference? Yeah. And it's For funny sure. and it's cool and it's unique. <laughs> yeah. So, I agree. NFL, listen to what I have to say because fun fact, this is the only podcast in the world that contains two hosts that have never been wrong once. Um, <laughs> uh, count no ratio, uh, counter, block, touch grass. Doesn't matter. Not a sport. Sunshine, Sunshine State facts. Why be better? Sunshine. Sunshine State facts. Yep, that is it. That is us. That's it. So uh, that's what I got. I know it took up a bit of time, but yeah, mine's super quick. Mine's super quick. So obviously, uh, the one of my favorite actors, Jonah Hill, um, has been involved with some rumors that he's engaged to uh, to his girlfriend. He came out (laughs) yesterday, or maybe it was today, four hours ago. So probably last night. and he said, the rumors are not true. I am engaged, but not to my girlfriend. I'm engaged to your mom. I know this, <laughs> I know this is shocking, but please respect our privacy at this no. time. And then he tags like where he's at and it says your mom's house. Oh my <laughs> and God. and so like, he's just kind of putting down the rumors in a, just the most Jonah, way, Jonah Hill way possible. And I think it's just fantastic. Just, no, brilliant. I, I am not engaged. Or I I am engaged, but not to my girlfriend. I'm engaged to your mom. Of course. <laughs> Please respect our privacy at this time. <laughs> I just think it is it's, awesome. it's incredible. No, it's great. It's great that's, stuff. That's really funny. I I love that. That's <laughs> your mom. I mean, your mom jokes just have never failed once. So Ever. You're Ever. always bound to get a reaction. <laughs> Good stuff by Jonah Hill. Uh, I, he, he's it, a guy. It, he, he's a guy who's done comedy once or twice. Yeah, so hey, I think I think, I think he knows. Yeah. He had a pretty good idea of how to get the reaction there. Yeah, he understands. He's, he's, I'd say he's dabbled in comedy. That's for sure. Mainstream with a dash of controversial, (laughs) guaranteed to get him going. Uh, Yep, yep. But the, and the funny thing is, is it kind of lines with my, you know, some of my kind of harder points of last week where I told people on this podcast that if you didn't think Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald were, the two top players at their position, undoubtedly, then you should debate your mother. So <laughs> I think, I think you it was fitting. So, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Way, to, way to tie and, that in. And we can yeah. further use that to transition into the Super Bowl. Yes, sir. We can. Very we good can. stuff. Very good transitional usage by Brandon there. Thank you. Thank five you. out of five hey, stars. It's something, it's something I do best. That's it's, for sure. It's, yeah. I think it's something that we both got very solid at doing since doing the show especially when we were was it was it when we were doing anchor where we had the 30 minute yes 30 dude minutes? yes it's and, and we got to the point where we got like pretty seconds good left and i'd have to be like okay well, well like <laughs> it'd be like two seconds i'll be like okay we'll get you at the break <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dude that was fun that was fun and it's funny because we had zoom the whole time and just like yeah ah. We hate Zoom. We don't want to be. Really <laughs> well, we were it. we were doing it together, so we were trying. We were like confused right. about how to, you know. Well, yeah, we were doing more in person at the time, but yeah. And then we did Google Meets for a bit, but didn't we yeah. still technically like put those together through Anchor? Or yeah, is yeah. that yeah? That's Google Meets thought, basically so. just was recorded, and then I had to process the audio file through this MP3 converter on the you, internet. MP3. Yeah, and so it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So. The Super Bowl, 
um i think what we're we're gonna kind of go more in depth than just like a regular review um obviously matt uh his preseason pick of the los angeles rams came to fruition yeah, uh, winning the Super Bowl. Congratulations on your you. on your Thank endeavors. You. Give yourself a Thank nice little pat on the back here. Pat on the back here. There you go. There you go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I think, and and I said this in our preview show, this was the only possible outcome for the Rams to not feel like they their season was yep. a complete waste because they have the best talent. They have the best roster in the NFL. There is no other team that stacks oh. up with them on paper. And while they, you know, showed signs of struggle during the Super Bowl, during the season, during the playoffs, they were able to put to rest some of the uh, storylines of this team is good, but are they being held back by X, Y, Z? No, they were not. They were able to capitalize when it mattered, and they beat the Cincinnati Bengals, who kind of were a Cinderella story. I mean, obviously, for some, it was it was sadness on uh, Super Bowl Sunday me being one of them because I wanted to see, you know, Jamar Chase and yeah. get that Super Bowl victory, but unfortunately they weren't able to get it. But they'll be they'll have a chance they'll to be back. back. They'll be back. back eventually. I mean, it's a pretty rough AFC to be able to get through every year, but hey, it it, it it'll come. Joe Burrow showed that he is kind of that figure that can lead their, you know, offense back to a Super Bowl because of how dynamic he is. And that's what you need in the AFC right now. You need a Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Joe Burrow. And you know, even you you could say Justin Herbert's up there, Lamar Jackson, guys like that. The AFC is stacked with quarterbacks. If you don't have one of those talented guys uh, controlling the offense, you're not going to be in the Super Bowl for the foreseeable future. So you better figure it out in the AFC. But uh, obviously congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams. Congratulations to Matt. And uh, I think and congratulations we, to Matt Stafford too. Let's not absolutely that, that's what I wanted to say. I said some of us were upset about the Bengals, others were more uh, excited that I was thrilled. Uh, Matthew Stafford has finally won a Super Bowl ring. He's yeah, still not a Hall of Famer though, so don't even try that. But yeah, well, no, I'm not going to try that with you. But my thing with that is, I think it's stupid that we're having those conversations right now because I Matt agree. Stafford is still going to play for four to five more years and. By the time he does retire, the numbers are certainly going to be there. The ring is going to be there, and maybe it'll be more than one. Yeah, so I think I, I think he has a to lot win of dust two left more. to settle. A lot of dust left to settle. I think if he wins one more and he gets well into like sixty thousand passing yards and close to like five hundred mid four hundred touchdown passes, I mean, yeah, I think you got to give it to him just because of what he meant to Detroit when he was there, and then how he was able to back up his believers when he got to a competent team. Yeah. And, Understandably. And do what people have been expecting him to do for so long. But it's got to be consistent. I mean, at the end of the day, the Rams will always be able to cherish the fact that they did win that one ring. Yeah. But, you know, I think there are bigger aspirations. I think they want two. I think they want three. So for sure. Um, I, he is going to have to do it more than once. But regardless of what happens from here on out, I got to see Stafford do something that I wanted him to see for so long. 100%. And I'll, I'll always be at peace because of that. For sure. For sure. Without so congrats, a doubt. So congrats, Brad Stafford. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, one thing I will say before we, uh, we're going to get into kind of a, we haven't really done this before on Sunshine State Takes, but we're going to kind of look at 
some crucial plays. Uh, each of us, me, me from the Bengals, considering I picked them, the two final plays of the game. Um, and I'm going to kind of give my thoughts on, um, you know, the decision-making, the the execution, things like that. And then Matt's going to do the same for the Los Angeles Rams in two plays that really shaped their Super Bowl victory. Um, but before I say that, I want to say that there is kind of this this narrative about um, the Bengals and that this was a fluke. This was, you know, that this was uh, not something that they were going to be able to sustain. I just don't understand where that's coming from. They draft, uh, you know, let's say Kyer Elam falls to, you know, 31 and they are able to get a talented corner to be able to piece together a defense that um, is going to continue continuously improve as they go on. They have the offense. They just yeah. have to figure out the offensive line and they have, and what you can do in free agency, you don't have to do through the yeah. draft, by the way. And they figure out the offensive line. They figure out some pieces on defense and they're right back within contention next season. It's not 100%. like they are completely done. I mean, I did say that they have one of the quarterbacks in the AFC that you want to rock with. If you're trying to win, you know, the, that conference. And I think there's a big thing to be stated about how the Bengals have to, you know, they, they, they are not as far away from returning as people think they are. Right. No. And I mean, even what we've seen great quarterbacks be able to do in the past at times is even despite uh, inconsistent offensive line, some of the great quarterbacks have still been able to win and, and Joe Burrow may not have been able to win the Super Bowl because, you know, at the end of the day, the offensive line ultimately did collapse. It was an issue for the Bengals in that game. Yeah. And I'll t- and I'll touch on that in and, a second. Um, but they were still able to piece together three postseason wins despite of it. I mean, it really is a guy or two away from being a lot more stable, I think. So, yeah, no, I am 100 percent in agreement with you there. They aren't going anywhere. Yeah. They're only going to get better. And now they're fueled. I mean, that's about yeah. as heartbreaking of a Super Bowl loss as you can have. And it's a shame because, like, whoever lost that game was just going to be so defeated because it was such a hard-fought game. And I thought both teams really did a lot of things well in that game. And both teams really had those opportunities where it was like, okay, the Rams are going to win this game. Okay, the Bengals are going to pull it out. And then end of the game, Stafford with the ball the chance to go down and, and take the lead and on target to Cooper Cup specifically on that yeah. drive. And then you thought, okay, now, all right, I guess the Rams are going to go ahead and get it done here. Yeah. So it was, it was back and forth. Uh, it was never really clear who was going to win because honestly, the game, the game stalled for a little bit, like yeah, third quarter, mid fourth. I mean, there was not, it was sacks left and right, especially on the Rams side. Uh, you know, then, and the Rams weren't really even doing anything offensively themselves. A lot of yeah. drops, um some picks you know it was just not a really good display offensively for a good portion of that game and that, that's what made it so difficult to win is you know despite the offense not really being there you, you needed one offensive drive at the end yeah you know you needed to put it all on the line right there nothing else mattered and they, they did it so uh, I thought the Rams did a lot of good things on that last drive and that's why they got the victory because you know while it wasn't a a crazy high scoring shootout football game it came down to one of these is going to have to make a really big time play. 
Yeah. And Joel Burrow had that opportunity to make that play on their last drive. And we're going to touch on that play. Mm-hmm. You know, the opportunities were there for both teams. And, you know, it was just the Rams who were ultimately able to, to capitalize on it. But I do want to say one thing. I thought that was going to be a game of pass rushing. And I thought that prediction came to fruition pretty well. Uh, yeah. I would say I would say on both sides. And maybe the Bengals didn't have the, the craziest pass. I mean, they only had like two sacks. They got pressure throughout the game. But where they really excelled was in stopping the run. The Rams couldn't get anything going on the ground all game long. And then, you know, when the game stalled a bit in the third quarter for the Rams on offense, it was Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Leonard Floyd that were getting the sacks and, you know, kept giving the Rams possessions and giving them a chance. So I really thought both front sevens did a lot of things well in that game. Yeah, for sure. And I think the the Rams kind of defensive line is – I mean, we said before the game, whoever won and whoever's front seven won would be the winner of the game. Obviously, right. the Rams won, but there was a portion, and really the entire first half, where the Bengals completely erased Aaron Donald. They really erased yeah. that entire defense line. They were doing some great things in pass protection, getting the ball out quick. You know, yep, the, they, they were doing some playmakers make plays. I mean, absolutely. They drew it up really well, and it's a shame because that decision to go for it on the first drive from the 50-yard line, I feel like really kind of covered up how well, for what it was worth, the Bengals played in the first half because, yeah. you know, despite the Rams going a little quiet on offense, they got off to a really hot start, and it looked like a lot of things were clicking up until Odell got hurt. Yeah, And that's where the turnover started coming, and, you know, you had Joe Burrow hit Jamar Chase deep, and th- things started kind of clicking for the Bengals a little bit once – uh, Odell went down and the Rams who were already one dimensional yeah, were now limited in the one dimension that they were excelling in. So it was a great opportunity for the Bengals to get back in the game. And they did. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. When a picks off Stafford in the third quarter, I'm thinking if the Bengals go up 11 with Odell out, the Rams are toast. Yeah. So once again, the Rams defense just really stepped up every moment where they needed to step up. They stepped up forcing the field goals, keeping the Bengals out of the end zone. You know, it was it was a championship performance. It's it, it's what you need from your defense in Super Bowls, and it's exactly what the Rams got. Yeah, and the, it's a shame because the Bengals got it too. Yeah, yeah, you know? both teams. And this is one of the lone Super Bowls where we can kind of say both teams really played well. I mean, the past few Super Bowls we've seen either uh, you know a, a team start out hot and then collapse, or we've seen just complete dominance from start to finish. Um, and, and this Super Bowl, at least that's the, the last, literally the last two I just described Kansas city, um, versus San Francisco. We saw San Francisco get out to a hot start, go up double digits, uh, have Kansas city come back and beat them by, um, you know, a sizable amount. And we were like, okay, well start out hot collapse. That's, that's tough. Last year we saw the Buccaneers give Kansas city fits all game long. Didn't allow them to score a touchdown. Really just had a difficult day. Um, made it a difficult day for Patrick Mahomes. It was a complete dominant performance by um, Tom Brady and the Bucks. And then this year, you know, we finally get two teams that we really haven't seen in, you know, the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously the Rams were there in 2018 against the Patriots, but one, they laid an egg with only three points um, in one of the lowest scoring Super Bowls that we're going to see in quite some time. And, this is not the same Rams team. There is so many different pieces on this Rams team that it's almost like it's different. Like it's almost a new look. Like it's almost it's literally a new team. Like if it's, I feel it, like I feel like a when new the Rams, franchise almost when the Rams were playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl in 2018, they were kind of playing the role that the Bengals were playing 
yeah. in this Super Bowl. It was like yeah. a, a really good story, a bit more of an inexperienced team with a young coach and a young quarterback who looked like he may have a pretty good future in the league. Obviously, that, I mean, it, it worked out really well for the Rams, as we see. Yeah. They just won the Super Bowl, but obviously it took, you know, we need to get Matt Stafford. We need to get Odell Beckham. We need to get Vaughn Miller. We need Eric Weddle to get his butt off the couch and come win a championship with us because that's just where we're at with what we got. Uh, yeah. So obviously it took a lot of things. He drafted Van Jefferson, obviously Cooper Cup. He was drafted in, in 2017 when the Rams first started making playoff appearances. So uh, just everything that this Rams team has compiled to get to this point has been recent. And yeah, like I said on the show, I think it also took them losing that game a few years ago to understand what it took to win one of these because it, 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 it's so hard. It's so hard to win one of these. It's not easy. I think people kind of have a misconception of how easy it may be because of what the Patriots have done for the past Without uh, however many years. But yeah. people also got to understand, like, unless the, unless the Chiefs, like, really start doing it consistently, we're not really going to see it. And I only use the Chiefs because we've already seen them there twice. And yeah. that they are, they are currently the favorites to see that kind of su- sustained success out of yeah. anyone in the league right now. Without a doubt. I mean, the Rams will see some good short-term success, but they're not really built to Last. still be sticking around yeah. in 2031 when yeah. the Chiefs very well could still be pulling off 15 in two seasons. Yeah, you know, it's just for like, sure. I mean, that, that might be a stretch to say the Chiefs will be going 15 and two 10 years from now, but it's just like hey, kind of exaggerating. Just like, Nah, nah. Just For the just, sake of the point I'm trying to make. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Stick with it. Stick with it. Right. Uh, we only speak we'll re- facts. So. We'll revisit it in 2031. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, if you, uh, we're going to kind of do a few play, play breakdowns here, Matt, if you want to start us off with yeah. what kind of led the Rams to win this Super Bowl. Yeah. So we're going to go in chronological order, right? Cause I'm starting with the Rams. So let's get the screen sharing here. Um, there we go. Share that. And let's go to YouTube. If I can get this out of the way. All right. So we got Matt Stafford here, second and seven from the 46 yard line down by four. We're gonna see Stafford do something super unique here. You got the tight end right here. He's gonna come around and he's gonna curl. You can't really see him uh, right there. He's sitting right there, paused it a little late, but Von Bell's actually gonna streak toward over to him. And we're about to see why in a second. And Stafford's gonna deliver a strike over the middle to Cooper Cup. Big play in this game, especially a big play for Matt Stafford's career. Let's hit the replay here. Look at Stafford. Look at what he's going to do. Look at where he's looking. Look at where Von Bell is and look at where Stafford's looking. He's looking right here at the tight end. But given where Cooper Cup is, he's got that eye on Cooper Cup too. He knows where Cup's going and he knows where Bell's going. And it's going to lead to a perfect match made in heaven with this throw over the middle. Look at that. Look at that. Let's go back one second. Look at look at Von Bell. Oh, oh, he just did that to me. He just did that to me. Look, oh, he tries to plant and get back, but... <laughs> The second Stafford looked at the tight end, it was over from there. Yep. Uh, and that's that was a big play for the Rams in that drive and getting down. And then, of course, we have some fiascos with some penalties. Uh, the Rams end up getting down to the one-yard line. This is just, you know, th- th- this is what you expect when you have a duo as competent as Stafford and Cup, and you're on the one-yard line of the Super Bowl and you need it all. All you want is for them to be on point. That's all you want when you need it so bad. All you want is for them to be on point. This is exactly what it is. No hesitation. I'm going right there. He's got Apple beat. Go yep. ahead, game-winning touchdown. Yep. Perfect. 
textbook. Not quite as good as when they were tied 27 to 27 with Tampa and Stafford hit them 60 yards down the field. But yeah. the no look pass followed by the game winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. Well, I guess because it results in a Super Bowl, it's by default better. But that Stafford 60 yard throw to cup in the divisional round was a thing of beauty as well. Stafford's got a lot of highlights to look back on from this postseason and be proud of. I mean, when it, I don't necessarily agree with Chris Collinsworth's comment. Let's go ahead and play it. Let's go ahead and play it. Can you hear it? I cannot. Okay. Well, what did, so what did Collinsworth so say? He, he goes, I didn't realize you can hear it, but in case the uh, audio plays during the episode, I let it play anyways. He says that in a pressure situation, I don't know if I've seen anyone better than Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, which I don't agree with just because I think we all know who the best guy in a pressure situation is. I think we just all know who it is. We don't really even need to say it. Yeah. However, I see where he's coming from. If he said in this postseason or in the last two years, last three years, I think if he shrunk the timeline a little bit, because he made it sound like this is the most clutch duo in the history of the NFL, <laughs> which I, by saying they're not, I'm not trying to hate on him. Yeah. But I mean, that's just a very far-fetched statement. And I love Chris Collinsworth, but I thought that was a little far-fetched. But nonetheless, I mean, like I said, you're on the one-yard line in the Super Bowl. These have been two of the key contributors to getting you there. All you ask for is to be on point, and they were. Beautiful pass. No hesitation. Couple was there. It was like it was made to happen. Uh, awesome play, and it, it resulted in the Rams taking the lead. So yeah. that's what I got. And now we're going to get into that Bengals last drive, and yeah. you're going to break it down. <clears throat> so – Obviously, the Bengals' last drive isn't as action-packed in terms of the Bengals actually converting as uh, right. you know the Rams did. However, there are some things to there were some promising signs from the Bengals on this drive, and it kind of just boiled down to the fact that their offensive line wasn't what we kind of you know we expected their offensive line to struggle, but it just was unable to kind of be that. And it was able, unable to be enough for them to yep. kind of pull out a victory. And if I just go ahead and share my screen here, um, we're going to pull up this play, right? So obviously get down second and one from, you know, they're, they're right across the 50 yard line. Yep. So they're, they're kind of, they're about to reach field goal range because yep. Evan McPherson as consistent as he is also has a boomer like he can kill the football and so every time the Bengals get past the 50 yard line they're already playing okay we get a few more yards here we're in field goal range we're able to tie this game up we're able to send it to overtime and which would have been huge obviously so second one from right around the you know 49 and a half yard line um huge play over the middle to Tyler Boyd here from Joe Burrow it looks like they're moving all right this is where this is the play here that I am and, and I don't hate the play call of running the football, but what I do have quarrels with is the fact that they run right at the gap that Aaron Donald is manning. Yep. So obviously Aaron Donald, like I said, best defensive lineman, best defensive player in the NFL. Best, and you look, of, and you, arguably you look the best player. You, you look up who's lined up right next to him too. Yeah. Number 40. So, exactly. So you have so many, you know, dudes on this side of the football, uh, you know, and – like I said, I understand the the reasoning behind running the football. You're just trying to get that one yard so that you can continue your drive. But 
running at Aaron Donald here right through this, uh, you know, in, in it's kind of in between the guard and the tackle. I just don't necessarily think that it is. I just, I'm not a fan of this kind of run in this situation. I think that it would have been better suited to get on along the outside and play. I'm looking at Jamar chase right now. I'm thinking Joe Burrow with how far, I think that's Darius Williams right there. How far he's backed up. Yeah. Um, You know, you just give uh, chase a little hot route here. Yeah. Do a little fake move cut to the sideline right here. You, yeah. I hundred percent agree. I'm not sure. I mean, and I'm not, this isn't a testament to Joe itself, but no, he is, he's still, I mean, he's basically, like we said, he's basically playing his uh, 1.5th year in the NFL right now. He's exactly. not even, you know, a, a full-time second year player. And it is the, this is one of the biggest downs of their season. I just don't know if he had the go ahead to be able to make those changes at the line of scrimmage. And by the way, the, the line is set. It doesn't look like they are trying to crash down for the run. So it's not a bad decision to run the football here. It's oh. just running at a guy who's been physically imposing uh, this entire half to be able to, you know, get this one yard. It's not, it's just not going to happen. It's not in reality. So we're just going to play this through here, yeah, obviously. So the initial push, obviously we're just going to take a look at Aaron Donald and his brilliance yeah. here for a second. Um, so he gets off the line of scrimmage and, and he's the one that makes first contact. And when the defense alignment makes first contact on the offensive lineman, you're probably going to get thrown on your heels. When yeah. you get thrown on your heels, he's going to stand up. So watch him stand this offensive lineman up. As soon as he stands the guard up, he's one. He he has clogged this exactly. hole and Samaj P. Ryan has nowhere to go. So boom, stands up. And that is that is not good ever. No. But that's especially also against Aaron Donald. Donald. Especially against Aaron Donald. Donald. He has plugged this hole right here. And look how Von Miller set the edge here. There is no possible way that P. Ryan is able to bounce this outside. They have Darius Williams, shout out Creekside, and Von Miller here too. If Von Miller is if, okay. if they're able to kind of bounce this out and Von Miller misses, Darius Williams making this tackle. So there is they play this perfectly from the start. So I think there is a a lot to be said about one, the play call, and two, how well the defense did here. So obviously, let this play out. Piran kind of gets up the middle. And while Aaron Donald wasn't necessarily the one that made the play, considering Piran tried to go more straight up the, you know, right along the guard or the center, it was still Donald that made the play because he yep. pushed this back towards the middle for the Rams to be able to make this stop at the one. And then moving into the next play, the fourth and one play, the play that everyone's going to talk about, we get this Jamar so Chase and Jalen Ramsey. We get this matchup right here. This yeah. is the this is the one we wanted to see all day long. This is, you know, best on best, big on big right here. And it, I don't, I'm not sure that it shows it in the broadcast angle, but in the um, angle of you know the all twenty two we see this kind of um, separation from Jamar Chase down the sideline and Jalen Ramsey ultimately trips and falls. Yeah. So Jamar Chase is running freely down the sideline, but because of what Aaron Donald, who's lined up on the opposite side this time, is able to do here to be able to chase Joe Burrow down, Joe Burrow is not be able to have the adequate time to be able to hit Jamar Chase. And it kind of goes back to that um, graphic of 
when draft time was around and it was right. um jamar chase down the field and joe burrow being sacked and saying the ball barely got anywhere and then with penny sewell he's able to hit his wide receivers or yeah hit his wide receivers i don't necessarily agree that they should have drafted penny sewell because i think that they wouldn't be in the position that they are in without jamar chase but it right. is kind of ironic that their one play this season their you know play that kind of could make or break their entire season in general is a direct depiction of that kind of worry that people expressed during the draft process when it started to seem that they were leaning towards Jamar Chase. So we're just going to take a look here and what uh, Aaron Donald's able to do. So obviously he's right here. He's just going to, it's so the easy way he's, the way he's able to hand fight at the line of scrimmage is just, it, it is one of the most beautiful things ever. Like he, his, strength is incredible but he moves so well for yeah, someone that is fast. nearly 300 pounds he is there is no reasonable explanation why someone that big he should only have move drills with people trying to stab him with knives yeah. I mean, the dude put, <laughs> the, literally puts his life on the line to yeah, get better at football. yeah. I mean, and and let's take into account the fact that at, at almost 300 pounds the dude is made up of 10 percent body fat that is right. ridiculous so obviously right off the line of scrimmage we see the initial push here by yep. uh, the Bengals offensive lineman. I, you know, it's haven't taken the time to learn his I mean, name because Spain. Uh, Spain. Oh, just from watching the Super Bowl. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Spain. obviously, I couldn't tell you the other guys though. I just there's know. that initial punch by Spain, but yep. the swipe, the way he's able to kind of, yeah, just swipe away his hands. Okay. Spain's hands are literally out here now. Yeah, like he is, he is disengaged. And so he gets around Spain. And at this point, there's nothing. It is over. And we have taken two seconds off the clock. He is there in two seconds. Yeah. And obviously, you're gonna, he's going to try to throw it out to P. Ryan here. But we're looking at – and let's talk of another thing. Where's Joe Mixon? Why is he – and I understand yeah. P. Ryan's a third down back. But where – why yeah. is Joe Mixon not on the field? He's just so another that's... weapon. And, it's a coaching blunder, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't and, get it. And we're everyone wants to talk about Jamar Chase. Everyone wants to talk about how he, you know, is so wide open and they're able to, you know, secure uh, a, the game if he's able to get to him and if he has the adequate time. Okay, let's say it takes three seconds instead of two. Look at CJ Uzama yeah. here. Exactly, wide open at the top. There is no one within – that's probably four – that's a four-yard separation, which in yeah. the NFL is wide, wide open. And so there were multiple options for the Bengals to be able to hit these receivers, but because of what the Rams defensive line were able to do in the second half and the penetration that they were able to get both inside on the interior and outside, because obviously this entire, the entire left side of the offensive line got blown up here. This, the, their left tackle is like 15 yards in the back. Yeah, he watched. He got demoted the spectator. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yep. He is 15 yards in the backfield, and Leonard Floyd is just that they they are down atrocious right now. Let's this go ahead is, and roll this tape though, because let let's see how close Joe Burrow gets it to P Ryan. Even yeah, even with this current pick, with this current pick and where the ball ends up, it's kind kind of a miracle on its own. Yeah, and so my th my theory for this is that I think Samaya P Ryan is just so shocked by how close that ball actually was that it didn't register and he couldn't come up with the catch because that is close. Yeah, yeah. It no, got, it lands. It lands about a yard away from him. 
Yeah, like if he if he dives, or but that's again what I'm saying because roll back to the initial clip. It's Joe Burrow being hugged from behind with the ball right here by Aaron Donald. Exactly. To go from that to the ball one yard away from what at this point is a we can go ahead and call it open some IP run because how's the defender really going to bat that ball away? Yeah, you know it's it's in a position for him to get it, but you're just not expecting that given the first two seconds of that play. So it's difficult for that to register and for that to click within the tenth of a second time frame that it happens in. You know, I mean, we hold these professional athletes to high expectations, but that is a difficult play to make. Not only for Joe Burrow to resist Aaron Donald enough to give his running back a chance, but for the running back to register it and catch the flutter that is coming in, the flutter of a ball. That thing's not spiraling; it's moving in all different directions. Yeah. It just to for them to pull that off would have been extremely difficult. And the fact that it was that close, yeah, just show, it just shows, so close. just like it unintentionally showcases the toughness of the Bengals and how hard they are to get rid of them. Yeah. And then this is another angle of this play where Jamar Chase is open. Yeah. Jen Ramsey's taking a nap here on the sideline because he's tired. Um, and where's but, the ball? Right there. The, the ball flopped up in the air. Yeah. Yep. He's kind of, but in, Let's say Jalen Ramsey doesn't fall here. Let's say, you know, in, in the ball's still in Joe Burrow's hands. If he has time, this is this type of separation is still enough. Like, if he's, you know, let's say he's standing, he'd probably be about, what, a yard behind Chase? Yeah. That is still oh, – yeah. that there's, you're, a, you're there's still a shot to there. be taken here. Yeah, you're throwing it there. Exactly. So, I just can't, you know, see the – it's it's tough to kind of see this and then have to go and see this yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. So, Looks so like Mahomes in last year's Super Bowl. Literally. Yeah. And not to this, and I don't think it's necessarily the same effect. I will say I think the Bengals offensive line, despite the number of sacks, played better than the Chiefs offensive line did oh, last yeah. year. Um, and maybe that was a coverage thing. Maybe the Bengals receivers, like you said, if you think offensive skill position players in the NFL, you think the Cincinnati Bengals yeah, because of how many weapons they have. But so maybe it was a coverage thing that allowed Burrow to kind of have some time um, back there, maybe in the first half as, as well as at points in the second. But it's just such a difficult um, circumstance for, you know, the, in, in this climate where you got the two two of the best players right now at their positions right. in the NFL going at each other and the rook is able to beat the seasoned vet and you can't get it to him because you didn't have enough adequate time um given by your offensive line so I those promise two you plays, that next time they're in that game they will have adequate time to make that play I agree I agree I but those those two plays to me um obviously the the odd decision to run at Aaron Donald on third and one and then Likewise, on fourth, not having the the right amount of time where, you know, obviously everyone's going to go back and, and say, like, there's other plays that determine the game. Um, and and this kind of seems like the two obvious ones, but they were so there to be able to make yeah. a, a play to not – because they didn't even have to score. like Or they didn't have to score a touchdown. They could have just, no, just gotten in field goal range for Evan McPherson. But, yeah, so – that's, uh, that's really it for our our. Yeah, I want to touch on study. one more thing associated with the game before we uh, ditch the Super Bowl entirely and move on and kind of wrap up the show. So obviously it was, you know, flags were 
pretty pedestrian in that game up until the last two minutes yeah. of the game. So, and when it did come to the time period of the game where the flags started coming in, some were questionable and others seemed to be pretty straight up like the right call, but it seems like what the mindset was with a lot of fans is, well, you weren't throwing them all game. How can you wait till the last minute to start, you know, tossing the laundry, right? And so I want to ask, and we can kind of share answers and discuss it quick. Like, do you really, like, was officiating a huge factor of the result in that game? Or do you think for the most part, the teams did the talking and that was a pretty fairly one game? I'd say it was a fairly one game, but I do think that the refs pick and chose when they wanted to make yeah. an impact. And so as a result, they made it more about them than it should have been. Right. Is that is I, that a... No, like, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I mean, I don't think... So, you know, the first 58 minutes of the game, I was actually so shocked by how little flat yeah. because it was a physical game and there was a lot of grabbing and, and nagging. And there obviously was a, T Higgins, a lot of things. Yeah. Like T Higgins grabbing Jalen Ramsey's yeah, face. Trying mask. to unscrew Ramsey's Ramsey. head from his shoulders. There was Rams, there's a picture of Ramsey grabbing Higgins' shirt. Yeah. There's, uh, there were some, I thought there were some pass interferences on that the Bengals committed that didn't get called early yeah. in the first half on some, on some plays. And, you know, it was just, it was a pedestrian game in terms of flag. Like, I know there was a delaying game in there on the Rams. That was one of the penalties. There might have been a holding. I can't, like, there were so few that I don't really even remember what they were. And then third and goal, Stafford to cup over the middle. And Logan Wilson, who makes a little bit of contact, but nothing crazy get, gets flagged for it. And now I know a lot of Bengals fans and a lot of people who weren't rooting for the Rams were just going to be like, oh, well, it was going to be fourth and eight and the Rams were going to lose, which you can't necessarily, like, say that because you still have to run the down. But, yes, I do agree that if that is not called, the Bengals' chances of winning go up significantly. And it wasn't the most fair call, but I, I just – I don't know. I, I can't really tell you why they called it. Like, I'm, yeah. I, I'm happy with the result of the game, but I just feel like that, that holding on – the non-holding on Logan Wilson, it needs yeah. to be talked about oh, just yeah. a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, once again, uh, you know, Eli Apple ultimately pulled himself, a typical himself, and ended up, you know, giving the Rams another first and goal anyways, and then the Rams ended up scoring. So, I, I don't know. When it was all said and done, I feel like the Bengals kind of did it to himself, but the chain reaction was started by the holding call on Logan Wilson that very much most likely was not or should not have been called. Yeah, I 100% agree. I agree. I think the biggest thing um, to me is while Logan Wilson's no call was big, I think their leniency throughout the first 58 minutes didn't match their, like you could not even look at someone the wrong way in the last two minutes, but without getting yeah. the flag thrown. And it's just the inconsistency that I have a problem yeah, no, with. If bad. you want, if you wanted to let them play throughout the game, fine. That's that's great. But you can't not call T. Higgins trying to unscrew Jalen Ramsey's head from his shoulders, and yeah. then call Logan Wilson's phantom hook or whatever uh, down at the goal line. I just, right. I just don't think that it matches what you're trying to accomplish uh, as a referee because you want to set a precedent early on and then go from there. Like, okay, right. we're going to be lenient. You guys can do this, or we're going to be strict. Don't be grabbing. Don't be, you know, do, don't be doing, you know, the, the kind of hand fighting. Cause we won't have it. Right. 
They didn't they didn't no, set yeah. that precedent. They said, Oh yeah, we'll give you leniency. And then down the stretch, they were like, Yeah, actually, never mind. Yeah. We're gonna make this about us because of course. But no, so, yeah, I so think it is, I think at the reasons. end of the day, it's what was supposed to happen. I mean, I think yeah. the Rams were supposed to win that football game and it didn't play out in necessarily the way I envisioned because of some of those like questionable calls. Right. Um, but it, it all worked out because the better team won. Right. And there were also other things that went on through the first 58 minutes that swayed the direction of the game. Like we mentioned earlier, Odell getting hurt. Obviously that, that was when the Rams, we saw them start to slow down on offense a little bit. Yeah. You know, it, it would definitely be interesting to see what happens if they get a full game of Odell there and yeah. what they're kind of able to do. Cause that I quite frankly don't know if the Bengals would have been able to keep up with that once, uh, once Odell came out and, you know, they weren't necessarily motioning Cooper cup every play and leaving him on just the side of the field. I mean, it got a little easy for the Bengals for a little bit, but you know, you couldn't keep a, you couldn't keep the third place MVP candidate down forever. Yeah. yeah. You know, he was going to come out eventually. And that's exactly what Cooper cup did him and his one MVP vote. Yep. Who happened to be the guy who thinks Aaron Rodgers is the biggest jerk in the league. I don't know if you saw that, but that's the guy who voted for Cooper Cup oh, wow. for his MVP vote. That's funny. So, you know, him and his army, they went out there and they got themselves the ring just nice. when you thought they were down and out. So, yeah, I do think that guy is an idiot, though. The guy who said Aaron Rodgers <laughs> just such an idiot. You know, apparently like Bear, like super Bears fan or something. It's like, oh, I can't even listen to this guy. He's not, he's not authorized to talk on Aaron Rodgers. Of course he's going to say he's a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Aaron Rodgers literally told his franchise that he owned them still yeah. earlier this year. And still. so of course he's going to be angry. Yeah. How could you not? I mean, it's, yeah. it's totally normal reaction, but to let it get in the way of your work and your, publicly yeah, objectivity. That, yeah. Bad. Are they, do they teach you that in J school? They don't teach you that in J school. What? To not, to, 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 to call people, to call uh, people jerks. And, yeah. No, no, no they, they don't. I, I imagine they didn't. I don't know where he learned no. that. Just some I, Chicago must, thing. Yeah, I don't know. Didn't yeah. graduate from Florida. No. That's for sure. Yeah. But awesome. So once again, congratulations on your uh season long uh prediction of the Rams winning the Super Bowl. That's a that's a huge feat, and you can now put that on your takes resume going yeah. forward. Yeah, of um, course. So oh, uh... I'll make sure to do that. So yeah. I do think we have a way too early Super Bowl prediction to make. That. We do. We do. So do you want me to start that? Do you want me to kind of um, just dive into it? Yeah. So I'm just, I'm literally just going to pick the two teams and then who I think is going to win the Super Bowl. Um, I think out of the AFC, okay. I think we see the Buffalo Bills um, take the uh, conference just because I think Josh Allen with another year under his belt, as well as a dynamic offensive attack for the, for Buffalo. Um, you're going to see a defense that's only going that's going to continue improving, and so I think as a result, the Bills are going to be the team that represents um, the AFC out of uh, or represents the AFC in the Super Bowl. And okay. one thing I will say is I think the Bills in the regular season are able to put together more consistent performances. So after the tough loss to Kansas City for the second year in a row on the road, I think this time we're going to see the trilogy of that of that match rematch whatever. But in I will Buffalo? say it's going to be in Buffalo at New Era. Okay. And right. for the NFC, I have kind of a little I, – I wouldn't necessarily say it's a sleeper because they were able to kind of make some noise this year. 
but I think we're looking at a team that pairs good defense with a star player in the making and a what, someone that's going to take over as a first-year quarterback in the in the league with one of the brightest young offensive minds in the game. San Francisco 49ers okay. are going to represent uh, the NFC in the Super Bowl, and I think that we're going to see kind of this battle between them and the Rams for who's the best team in the NFC next year. I think they don't have the same amount of dominance in the regular season against the Rams. It's a split uh, series. Uh, they each win their home game, and then I think from there we see kind of a rematch in – the uh in a in, in either the nfc championship game or the nfc divisional round i will say i think the rams win the division but i think the 49ers are able to go on the road and beat them in la um like they did this year uh, in the regular season but then that, this time they're able to do it in the postseason to okay. kind of put to rest uh the you know talk of this year not being able to get it done against a team they had their number against a uh, number of and uh we're able to see trey lance kind of lead this San Francisco 49ers team that is was I think they were one year premature because we're mm-hmm. looking at a roster that is very talented, uh, but they had a bevy of guys returning from injury right. from season ending, ending injury last season uh, this year, and they were able to play at a. They were level. also close to getting there. Exactly. Um, so they were able to play at a level that was dominant, but they just didn't have the piece at quarterback. I think they have that in Trey Lance. And Shanahan's going to make it easy on him, as well as having the dynamic piece of Debo Samuel controlling that offense still. I will say, I think they need to add a wide receiver in the offseason to be able to kind of take that next step. They need someone that can be that strictly wide receiver one, while Debo can be that that Swiss Army knife to be able to play out of the backfield, play at wide receiver, even play at quarterback sometimes when they were trying to run in wildcat situations. But San Francisco 49ers, Buffalo Bills, once I get there, I'm taking the Bills. I think the Bills are just better um, in, in all facets, and I, I have little doubt that the Bills will be um, anything. I, I think it's a similar situation to the Rams this year. While yeah. they might not have the talent, anything less than a Super Bowl victory can be viewed as a disappointment for a team that continues is continuously improving and arguably one of the better, um, you know, one of the better units in the league. Great. Great. So uh, my Super Bowl prediction, I like to make the way too early predictions a little bold. I don't think mine last year was Super Bowl. I thought it was a little bold. I mean, I ended up being right. So uh, I think there's a team in the AFC that we all kind of forgot about this year. And what honestly has played a really big role in that was the fact that a team from their division ended up going to the Super Bowl. Uh, they were This team was plagued with injuries and they were quite frankly, for all 17 games of the season, not their selves or anywhere close to what we thought they'd be at any point. Not not necessarily on the scoreboard, but they seemingly were playing from behind all season long. And with this team healthy next year, I think we're finally going to see them reach those aspirations that they've been pinned with for so long. So out of the AFC, back in healthy, Pains me to say it, but John Harbaugh on the Baltimore Ravens, forget about comeback player of the year, comeback team of the year, 2022, the Baltimore Ravens. Pains me to say it, but they, they you just can't forget about them. I think yeah. if we forget about the Ravens and we shove, and not to mention, I thought given what the Ravens had last year, they did an excellent job. 
they were in, I mean, they, they were in competition. Obviously, Lamar had a lot of things go wrong and he wasn't able to really play down the stretch, but they got, yeah. they were able to put competitive teams on the field with Tyler Huntley at quarterback. And they were right there in a game with the Packers and the Rams to close out the season, close losses. I mean, even with a depleted roster, they went out there and they played with the best of the best. Yeah. Obviously, the Bengals had their number, but that's uh, that should be used as motivation for the next season. I mean, I can easily see the Ravens taking the AFC North back next year. Easily. For sure. I don't, I, I don't I can really see know well. what we're going to see from the Browns and the Steelers are down, bound to take a step back. It's going to be probably a dogfight between the Ravens and Bengals, but yeah, I, the Ravens want to reestablish themselves and they do that by winning the division. And I think I think it is set up for them. Now for the NFC, my NFC prediction, I was thinking about it. So the Rams obviously have a lot of guys who are going to be potentially leaving in free agency, and they might be looking at a bit of a different team next year. The Niners pick I like, but I was kind of hesitant of picking them because Trey Lance is going to be a first-year starter, and there may be some roadblocks and some inconsistencies. Um, the way I look at the NFC currently is that it is so wide open. Yeah, I, that I think agree. I think this could be a year where a team that we're not really expecting slips through. Okay. And I think you're going to like the team who I think is going to go to the Super Bowl, who I'm picking to go to the Super Bowl. Okay. And it's not the Lions. You're picking the Lions? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm actually not, though. But um, this is a team who also faced some injuries on the offensive side of the football and they didn't have some of their key players down the stretch and they kind of squandered a playoff position because of it. And they just missed out on a chance to kind of do some damage as a wild card team. And some of the big issues on this team came more specifically on the defensive side of the football, as this team has a quarterback who was the only quarterback in the NFL to never trail by more than 14 plus points at any point in the season. Do you know who this quarterback is and what team I may potentially be referring to who I'm picking to go to the Super Bowl next year? Is it a team that I've picked to go to the Super Bowl previously? It's a team. I think I'm actually going with like one of your exact predictions from a few, from like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Did you go uh, Ravens Vikings in 2020? I did. I did. I'm going, going with the Vikings. Let's go. I'm going Vikings. Ravens Vikings 2023. And now the Vikings pick might be subject to change after free agency and draft. And we get a bit of, no. bit of a better idea of what the NFC is going to look like. But I mean, take a look at it this way. If Aaron Rodgers leaves the backers, the Vikings should automatically be the favorites to win the NFC North. Yeah. 100%. Without a doubt. So home playoff games and, you know, with, I mean, I haven't really looked at their schedule, but there's a lot of turnover on a lot of teams in the NFC. And this is a team that a new young head coach and a lot of guys who have been there for a while and are especially on the offensive side of the football have it figured out. They just got to get some pieces on defense. I, I think uh, I think the Vikings are in for a shock. So I got all purple Super Bowl. I Ravens, love it. Vikings. I love it. That was Super Bowl. That was my Super Bowl. I love it. That was my Super Bowl prediction for this year. The two that was teams. This year? Oh yeah, 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 it was this year. Yep. And and hey, both both were injured. So let's let's yeah. take a second, guys. That's kind of funny. How Don't hate are, on uh, me. That's actually like I didn't even intentionally mean to do that. Yeah. I just hey. kind of like I'm just sitting here thinking about it. And I'm like, okay, like we have all these teams in the AFC we're talking about, but we're forgetting about the Ravens. Recency bias has us forgetting about the Ravens, and it's just straight up a fact that yeah, the Vikings have a team that has fallen short these past few years with off innovative young offensive head coach, wide open NFC, potentially no Aaron Rodgers in the division. 
just saw Matt Stafford, who has been a guy who suffered and losing organizations, finally get that chance. Can Kirk Cousins keep that streak alive of guys that the people want to see win, finally win? With with uh, the same uh, guy at the helm that aided uh, Matthew Stafford to that victory and Kevin right. O'Connell. So, right. hey, one thing I will say, if the Vikings go to the Super Bowl, and I know I'm a Jaguars fan, but we both ever if you've watched this show at all, you know that I am a huge Dalvin Cook and Jay Jettas fan. I love both of them. So I will be insufferable if the Vikings are able to make their way into I would the love it. I would love it. I would too. I think Kirk deserves I would, you it. Know, you, 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 on this show. We've talked about Kirk Cousins. Yeah. You know I would love it. Yeah. You, you like know that. that. I, I like that. Yes, we sure. like that. We like that. So that's our way too early Super Bowl predictions. Absolutely. And so we were going to – one thing, uh, we we're going to get into the NBA and how it's looking at, uh, you know, at the All-Star break. But we've kind of went longer. Uh, we're right over an hour now. And yeah, I was been, just about to text you see and, if you still wanted yeah, to. But yeah. so, I, think, I think it's time to – To wrap it up. So – Thank you all for listening. Obviously, this is our Super Bowl recap, way too early Super Bowl predictions. Um, make sure to, obviously, give us a like and subscribe, whether that's on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, Anchor, any really, yeah. just anywhere. Um, you can find us really anywhere, any podcast platform. And uh, I, I am going to, you know, I've been trying to make our presence felt on YouTube as well so you guys can see our beautiful faces every so often. So, Make sure to give us that, you know, give us that lob because we are trying to kind of build this thing back up as we enter into a off season that is is set to be event filled because we have some oh, yeah. some big free agents set to hit the market and uh, a, a draft coming up where the Jacksonville Jaguars have the first overall selection and they will be taking Evan Neal. So I think um, is that who you want? Right, dude, you, so bad. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we'll get there. We will. We'll get there. We'll we'll break it all down. But yes, we will. But if oh, Evan, I think I want Chris Olave on the Patriots. I think that's who I'm. That'd be nice. Starting to fall in love with some tape from. Yeah, he's just got the full package for wide receiver. I think for sure, for so. sure. Yeah. But anyways, thank you all for listening. We'll catch y'all next time here on Sunshine State Takes. I am Brandon Carroll alongside Matt McConnell, and we will sign off for this time. See y'all next Friday. Friday is that when we'll? Well, we'll do Thursday, but they'll do Friday. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Sounds good. See y'all. Have a good one. It won't make any sense to them when they're watching it, but it makes sense to us. Yep. 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 And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. All right. All right. Thanks again to our unofficial sponsors, Bill Nye, Firehouse Subs, Microsoft. I can't remember the others off the top of my head, but. Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Firehouse Microsoft. Subs, Microsoft. Uh, yeah. See, exactly. We don't. Uh, Microsoft. Uh, Bill Nye. I do. I know there's one more. Dang, we have one more. Yeah. Sorry to our unofficial sponsor. I guess you guys are going to have to send the check in the mail for us to be yeah. able to shout out your name. Yeah, exactly. That's probably why we forgot. Yeah, so y'all y'all, y'all didn't pay this month. so Just get that to us whenever you can, whoever you are, because yep. we don't remember. <laughs> All right. But we'll see you guys next time.